0: This is Linnea, and you're listening to Without Your Head, which I've done in a lot of movies. Have a good day and stay scared.
1: Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Miguel Nunez Jr. of classic films like the Current Living Dead, Friday the 13th, Part 5, Joanna Man, and he's got a new movie coming out, Worth. And uh, I think it's out right now on Amazon Prime and Tubi. Uh, can you give an idea of what Worth is about?
2: Okay, Worth is about a guy who's an MMA fighter. And, you know, he gets in trouble, and it's kind of like a love story. And it's a love story between a fighter and his um and his his love for a girl. <laughs> oh, hold on a uh, uh, getting all choked up talking about love. No. <laughs> anyway, he's um he gets into a fight and he gets into an accident and his girl is put into a coma. And the only way he can pay for it is by fighting. And that's mm-hmm. what it's about. It's about a guy all he goes through and all he's willing to put forth for the love of somebody. And that's pretty much basically what it's about.
1: Yeah. Now you play uh, uh, Dr. Harris in it, but do you, do you yourself, does Miguel have any background in, in fighting and in boxing or MMA?
2: Oh, hell no. I ain't got no <laughs> MMA experience. I like watching it though, but you know, sometimes uh, get a little bit too much for me because I don't think they stop it quick enough. But my uh-huh. character is pretty much, you know, I'm like a mentor. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like a mentor to to him, to the family, and I'm like the conscience of it. So I bring some stability, some conscience, and I kind of lead him. You know, I'm like the, he, I'm like his mentor. It's like in mm-hmm. a very emotional movie, and I'm bringing some dramatic, emotional aspects to it as as the doctor, who's also kind of like a counselor and a friend. Mm-hmm. But that's what I bring.
1: Now, uh, Eduardo uh, Castrillo, he wrote it, uh, directed and he stars it. And how, how does that work when um, the directors also star in the movie?
2: Well, you know what? When you write and direct it, it's easier. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. He is really a truly, truly, truly brilliant, brilliant director, writer, actor, he has his pulse on every single aspect. When you're somebody who just want to do it for ego, it shows and you bumble against and you stumble against the directing part, you stumble against the acting, you may slip on one or something and it may be too much for you. And then you say, well, yeah, he should have did this, he should have that. But when you have your pulse, your total amazingly creative pulse on every aspect of the story, of the script and everything, it's a lot easier. And this guy is a genius. a true genius. He's puts these things together all by himself, him and his mom and his family. I mean, it's just amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Now there's also some, um, you know, uh, real MMA fighters in the movie. Uh, How do you think they did as far as, you know, uh, going into the world of acting?
2: Well, see, the thing about it is when you look at it and it's so, so much action and it's so much emotion, it's easy for an MMA player. If you had an MMA player and you wanted to put him in a movie, playing uh, uh emotional detective then he's mm-hmm. stretching out of his lane but what and going back to Eduardo again to his genius if you hire somebody and that's why some films you know you say I don't I didn't know anybody in that movie but that movie was brilliant mm-hmm. because it's not about having some big names in there it's about somebody filling the pulse and keeping people in their lane the MMA fighters they deal with emotions they deal with this So it's easier for him to get in there and deal with it and play it and give and portray those emotions and that the intensity of it, because that's what they do automatically. So he put people right in their lanes. So even if you swerve from here on one side of your lane and to the other side of your lane, you are still in your lane and you never know because you're in the lane doing what you do. And that's what those MMA fighters, they're brilliant. They do what they do and they're in their lanes. So you just, it, it, it works perfectly.
1: Yeah. Now, I've, something I've always wanted to ask you, so 1985, both Return of the Living Dead and Friday the 13th Part 5 comes out. And so you don't, you're don't, you not, like, yeah. named Billy or Steve or anything. Both these movies, you're, you're Spider and Demon. So what was it yeah. about, about about Miguel that, like, we're going to name this guy, you know, Spider and Demon?
2: No, no, no. Those were just the names of the characters when I went in audition. They were the names of the <laughs> oh, <okay>. characters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So I've uh, done a lot of interviews with uh cast return living did, and uh, they always bring up the fact that everyone like had a lot of chemistry was because you guys had a uh, rehearsal time. Uh, would you say that's true? And is that something that happens often?
2: Well, I think. Well, I think it was that, and the mm-hmm. fact that we were all young, excited. And there's a difference between a young, excited, and and, and hungry actor. We were all new, young, excited, and and we were just so excited to be on there. We were all opening, because once the actor already been through it, they they lose that openness, they lose that, but they still have all the talent. And then they start going to sets, strictly rolling on their talents. Hey, how you doing, other people? But... (laughs) We were young, open. It was like my first movie. I was still homeless at the time. There was, all everybody was young. We didn't know that the gravity of that film, we didn't know that you know, 30 years later, the thing would still have people packing in and hundreds of thousands of people coming from all over the world to get an autograph for it. We didn't know this. We just were just young and hundred and, and and we were, and that rehearsal did help. I don't know if that rehearsal helped us become of a family more so than just being way out all the time, every mm-hmm. day. And everybody was young and hungry, and we didn't know nothing about the business and we were just so excited about having a job and we were just all trying to do the best we could and outdo each other. It was just a real a family like atmosphere like you would if you had brothers and sisters
1: right, so I didn't know that that you were you were homeless when you uh so how long were you homeless?
2: Well, I ran away from home to become an actor I came to California I landed here with two dollars in my pocket I lived in the street ate out of the trash I did a whole nine I went through that. that's a whole nother show uh-huh. I went through huh. the whole nine yards and um yeah I was homeless from I got here in October and uh I, I, well I was homeless for about six months but then I went to the Union Rescue Mission I lived at the Union Rescue Mission for about another four or five months and that was worse than being homeless because that was where I caught all the, hey, wake up with lice on me because it was just a room they let you sleep with bums. And I had to get sprayed with poison every morning to kill the lice because I couldn't stop scratching. And that was just as bad as homeless, but at least I was inside. And then yeah. I moved to the Union Rescue Mission and then I probably, and then three years later from the time of that, I was on tour of duty of Vietnam, Show sure, on CBS.
1: Wow. Now, you talked about being hungry for the movie. Does an experience like that um, keep that, uh, in you like this hunger, like, you know, obviously you're doing good at stuff, but like the, the, uh, the thought that like, you, you know, you know, I was homeless. I definitely don't want to go back to that at some point.
2: Well, even when I listen to me, this is weird because that's a very good point And I've never ever brought this point up until now. And I've talked about this a million times. Mm-hmm. I was homeless, but to me, I wasn't homeless in my mind. Because I literally 100 million percent knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was going to make it. And every single thing I thought was going to be true, I knew I was going to have my own movies. I knew I was going to be a movie star. I knew I was going to be it. I knew it. So in my mind, I knew this. But in my condition, I was homeless. But in my mind, I wasn't homeless. In my mind, I already saw it. I know I'm going to be, in my mind, I saw that. So I I didn't look at my circumstances. Uh, I I looked at the the prize. I looked at the end. And that was one of the things I think kept me going. I just knew it. I didn't think it. I didn't hope it. I didn't say if I work hard, it's going to happen. I literally knew it when I was eating, working in a farm in North Carolina when I wrote took a magic marker and wrote it on the back of a jean jacket in the first grade and I could still wear the same jacket when I graduated. And I had the same jean jacket on it had Hollywood on the back of the jean jacket on a farm in North Carolina. And every single person that I ever ran into told me, nigga, you skinny, you ugly, you black, you are poor, you're in the farm, how in the hell are you going to become an actor? It, it's not humanly possible for every person I ever ran into. Not one person my entire life said it's possible. And then when I got to California, living in the street, I started telling them every homeless person, I'm going to be a movie star. They started saying the same thing. Nigga, you ugly, you're skinny, you're black, you're homeless, you're downtown. They got actors in New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Chicago, everywhere. Got agents, managers in college and school. How the hell are you going to do it? And I said, you watch. I guarantee it. Even while I'm sitting down there looking like a, a homeless a, a, a refugee, but I knew it. So you can be homeless in your situation, but when you get homeless in your mind, that's when it starts to affect you. But I wasn't mm-hmm. homeless in my mind. I knew it. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I can think
1: of. Yeah. That's great. It's re- really uh, odd because just a couple weeks ago with Antonio Pantoa on, and he's a, a director, young director, and uh, he was uh, homeless for a while. And he had a similar uh, thing that, you know, at the time he knew he would, it would get better and uh, it yeah. was very uplifting That's and both it. uh, cool stories.
2: It's true, man. I, and I, so many, it's like you know when you know. You know when you know, and I swear to you, I don't know how, I know everybody keeps saying hi. As a matter of fact, there were times when I was young saying, I'm going to be a movie star. And at, there were times, my parents said, when I said I was going to be a movie star, I had never watched a television show.
3: And if you can stop the whole tape of life, rewind and, and say, okay, stop, stop, go back. What is a movie star? And I think back now, I would have been like, what the fuck do I know? I have no clue what is a movie star. Right. I don't, I don't, i never, I never, I used to, well, I remember growing up at least 10 times, walking, running, running, getting rid right to run outside because I'll tell you we live out in the farm, out right? there, we mm-hmm. in the lake and all the shit you see on 100 bucks And I remember stopping going, hey, going back, and looking in the living room and seeing the Oswald watching this thing and I'm looking, like, at fuck? And I look over there, I'm like, what are they looking at? and it was a TV, and I don't remember at least on um, 10 occasions this happening going, what could possibly be on that thing that they're sitting in the house watching it? I didn't even understand watching television, but then I go out there and tell everybody I'm going to be a movie star, and I don't mm-hmm. remember ever watching television. The only thing we watched was Cartoon Flint's songs and shit like that, and be Wicks, but I don't ever remember anything about seeing anything to say I want to be a movie star. I just remember it was just in my
1: mind yeah <laughs> so i've seen return limit dead like so many times but uh so i watched some scenes again for the interview and uh nothing against you miguel when lenaid quigley does the the dance i never really paid attention to your her. character right i was watching money but this time i was <laughs> like i'm gonna watch uh, i'm gonna watch Spider, and so uh you're kind of like the people at home watching you're really just like uh, looking at her do you do you remember? Do you remember filming that scene and what was uh, what what you thought was? 100%. Uh-huh.
3: Absolutely 100 Absolutely. I remember saying. I remember and when and, and what I, yeah! I said, "Yeah," well, <laughs> I because the people had to stop and instruct me to say that because in the first one we took, I was just standing up with my mouth open.
0: Uh-huh.
3: And he's like, "No, you got to say something. You got to go." Oh, yeah, because I I remember going. I remember going wait she can be naked? I couldn't believe it. And everything that, you go back and look at it again, notice, every time we run in, I got her by her hand, and I pulled her and helped her. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in there. That I, did. I, I chose that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I always
2: grabbed her hand every scene we're running. I got her by the hand, dragging her. That wasn't in the script. I, I did that shit. I couldn't believe this girl could be naked on, on the screen. And people are looking at it, and we be... Sitting there eating, she was so she was like, damn. She sitting there with her legs up, and like what the fuck? And I can't stop looking at her, the coochie the whole time. And after a while, it became nothing. But I just couldn't right. believe it. Yeah, that was one of the scenes. And the, and the other scene, only Eddie Murphy picked this out. The scene when I was crying and he slapped me. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy picked that out. He said, "Man, let me tell you something. That shit was real." I'm like, "How did you know?" Because what happened when we was doing that scene, he kept stopping. And the director said, we can tell you pulling back. And I'm like, dude, what are you
3: doing? Come on, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an actor. I can do it. I'm a, I'm a man. Just do it. I'm okay. I'm all right. Just do it. Do it.
2: All right. And he was only supposed to slap me one time. And when we did this thing, he slapped me. Shit out of me. <laughs> and right as this, the, 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 my ears was ringing, and right when I get ready to say, "What the," He uh-huh. slapped me again, which I wasn't expecting because it was only supposed to be one time on the uh-huh. screen. And when they say cut, nigga, I charged him. I was going to whoop his ass. And everybody was like, man, what you talking about? I said, you don't hit nobody like that. I had blood trickling out of my nose. He was doing it. So I was expecting the first one, even though it was still hard. But the second one, when he slapped somebody, or they didn't expect it. Man, mm-hmm. I was mad as hell. But they said, you told him. And I'm like, yes, but <laughs> <we're> not twice. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it was like a fact. We had so much
1: fun. Yeah.
0: What do you so, think? About, I don't
2: think there was ever one mm-hmm. argument. I don't think there was ever one fight. I don't think there was ever one
3: disappointment. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: what do you think that you know, zombies are so mainstream now? Because uh, you're eating, like, I no like kids' shirts with zombies. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. I have no clue why they're why they
2: hide. The only thing I can think of is probably they're going to be one coming up soon because every damn thing that's been on TV in the past, all the Star Wars and the watches they had on the first Star Trek, all that shit here, TVs, now that you can do it. it seems like everything that we come up with on TV and our sci fi ends up turning out to be to come out real. I wonder when the hell if a real zombie comes up. What is all this zombie stuff? So all of a uh-huh. sudden. Yeah, I even man, saw I that there's it. like.
1: Yeah, there's. I still even saw. There's some kind of. They called it the zombie disease amongst deer somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> no,
2: yeah, yeah. They got that over there already. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it'll be it'll, where you watch. Uh,
1: so w- when you uh, auditioned for Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, was it was it called Friday the Thirteenth Part Five yet? Uh,
2: I don't think they told us what it was mm-hmm. when we were auditioning for it. I think they kept it a secret and then they told us after we got it. Uh. At the time. I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I knew about Friday 13, but I had no clue. I was like, oh, I'm in a horror movie. It's called Friday 13. Mm-hmm. You had a Friday, everybody else knew more because you know, I was struggling <laughs> so long. I really didn't know. I had no clue. Yeah, you had a Friday
3: 13? No way. Wow. I'm like, what? Is it good? Is it big? Is it big? Yeah, I ain't no
1: shit. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, w- when you're doing the, the famous scene in the, in the outhouse, uh, can you just like explain what the experience was like? Because it's a very
2: funny scene. That was the first acting I had ever done in my entire life. Oh, wow. And they just said, okay, this is what's happening. And then they, they took the front of the door off, and they had the camera there, and I had to do every single thing, crying and screaming and all of that, jumping from both sides to the others, crying. And it was freezing. <laughs> and then they said, okay. And then they put the door, and all that crying and all those tears, I just did it. I just said, okay, I'm, he's going to try to kill me. Okay, and I just did it. And they Mm -hmm. put the front of the door back on. They took the right side of the door, the wall off. And I had to do it all again from the top to bottom, Mm -hmm. crying and screaming and all that. Then they put that door, that wall back on. They went over and took the other side door off, the left side wall off. And I had to shoot it all again from top to bottom. And then it was that. That was that. Yeah. So how did you. I think my my night, nativity I think mm-hmm. that's how
1: you pronounce it, how you see it. Right? I think it's so. close enough. But, but yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well,
2: I think that served me well because I just know, I just did what they told me. And to me, I've done. I never had an acting class. I think that I think I did exactly what I live by, the principle that I have lived by in that scene. And that is, and which I heard later some other actress, uh, famous actress saying it. And my thought was, and it, that was since I was a kid and I didn't get it from anybody. If I just
3: do Say, think, react—exactly how you would say, think, react
2: in any situation.
3: I'll never have to
2: act.
0: Mm.
2: So if I'm in this thing and somebody looked down and just saw my girlfriend th- throat slash and now I'm coming back up, I know somebody's out there. I'm not gonna be in there trying to be brave and shit. I'm gonna be scared. And I'm gonna be screaming, and then this thing is coming through the wall, and that's what I did. And that's what I've always done. No matter what it is, I'm just going to act, say, think, react exactly how you would in that real situation. And you never have to start acting what you would be doing
3: in there. And that's yeah. what I live by.
1: That's interesting. Uh, when I had Tom Noonan on years ago, uh, you know, a really famous actor, he had the same kind of uh, approach to acting. He said he, he never becomes a character. He just is himself in that situation. And I always thought that was the uh, interesting way to look at it. It's the same thing. It's yeah. simple. <laughs> so, uh, how do you prepare for the role of Joanna Man?
2: Oh, good lord! <laughs> Man was hard because you know I've never played for, him. never been a woman. I just watched a lot of women basketball, and that's mm-hmm. it. And the rest, I just did the exact same thing, the same exact principle. I'm a guy. I'm dressed <laughs> up as a woman. What I'm going to do in this situation? What I'm going to do in that situation? He's just a uh, comedy actor, so I know how to to accentuate a beat and make it funny. I can take any any scene and make it make you laugh your ass off. Take the same scene without changing any of the dialogue and make you cry. I, mm-hmm. That's the same principle, but it's a comedy, so I know how to work it out. The voice is what I had the most problems with, and mm-hmm. I remember we three months I was. I was just trying to look in the mirror, trying. I couldn't figure out the voice. I didn't want to sound like a transvestite. I'm going like, hi, my name's Shawana. Trying to say all of these words, And I just got so frustrated. with. And then we came time to shoot. I'm at the, flew to Charlotte. And I had to get there like three hours before the cruise. So the light is on. It's just me and the makeup plate and a few people. And our trailer's on. Everybody ain't even there yet. And I'm stinking. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. Whatever I start with, whatever comes out. When I start, I'm just going to have to stick with it, whatever it is, you know, I'm just going to have to stick with it because I can't, you know, and right at that point, and we shot in Charlotte, North Carolina, and right at that point, this AD, little AD girl walks in from North Carolina and said,
3: good morning, would you like some sweet tea? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's it? <laughs> That's uh, it. I will make the country because when you do it like this, nobody can really tell if it's girl or boy. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, that's
2: it!" And that's why I got the voice. And then when I said the scene later on, I said in the scene, "I go, oh, I want you to meet this basketball player. I mean, but she's country as a motherfucker." I added that there just because I can say she's country. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah, dude, I like so. it.
2: Yeah. So, is that
1: is there any special, uh, um, uh, special feeling for that movie since? You know, you can't you come from North Carolina, you know, on the farm, and then here you are making a big Hollywood movie years later in the same uh, in, in North Carolina?
2: Is that what what was the question?
1: Uh, since you cut you come from North Carolina on the farm and then know, years later the you're making question.
2: Make... I got that. But
1: oh, that was it, the oh, I see. So is there any like uh, is there a, what was, was there anything did that enter your mind when you're making the movie? Or was there like a special feeling oh, no, about No, no, I
2: didn't even know they were shooting in North Carolina. Oh, okay. I didn't even know they were shooting in North Carolina. I mean, I was happy. I had a lot of my relatives were on the film and, and working on it. But at the time, if it would have been now and I know more, I would have been like, hey, I'm in my hometown coming back. I would have made more out of it, like you're talking about. But, but to then, I was just shooting a movie in North Carolina. I didn't even think about what you just said. Yeah. 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 I was on my way up. So, you know, you don't think about all that shit. Mm hmm.
1: I want to mention *A Horror Noir* because I thought it was a great documentary on uh, *A shutter, Had the uh, the directors on and stuff. So, uh, uh, how how long did you, did they film when they were uh, filming your part for *Horror Noir*?
3: God, oh, I don't even remember.
1: I
2: can't honestly say I don't even remember. I don't remember. Uh, can't tell you. Yeah.
1: You yourself, did you uh, did you face any racism when you were? Uh, uh, starting out in acting and has it changed at all. all the I time? probably
2: did, but like, like I said, I wouldn't even have known
1: it. You wouldn't have yeah, you would have
2: I wouldn't because my, my racism and other people's racism is different. Because listen, mm-hmm. I was raised in North Carolina and my right. thought on race on racism is different because my and it's probably untypical because I'm telling you, I was lived and raised in places and I have a different respect for even racist mm-hmm. than other people do. Because I was from North Carolina, and I've seen times when I would be, be out in the yard playing with one of my white friends, and he'd know their father. And we'd see him all walking out with white cape. We were young, walking out with some white kid, loading it in his truck, with the Confederate flag on the window, and, and, mm-hmm. and getting ready to go to the meeting he would go to. We <laughs> You know, now, and at and, and the same time, right as he get ready to back out, the driveway and he's looking at me and he goes, Michael, because my nickname was Michael, get mm-hmm. your little black ass out of the street before you get hit. Looking out for me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: even though he he's ready to go to a Ku Klux Klan rally. <laughs> Making <laughs> right. sure I don't get hit. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Making
2: sure I don't get hit on his way. Uh-huh. And this is the same man all week now, before we see him do that on like on the weekends, it's like we're in the house, running in the house, get out of here, put your shoes on. You get the hell out of here. Get your little black ass out of here all day long. But we in his house eating food off his table, and he's you know telling us the same shit he would have told uh, if his other friends had little white friends in there. And we yeah. running in and out of his house, and I guarantee. It, it, so I have a different, different take on it. I mean, I think there's good people. Trump was right in one aspect. There are good people on both sides. Yeah. Because I know I, I was saved, protected by some racists growing up. Now I mm-hmm. don't, I don't condone racism in any part. Now there was something sure. in North Carolina who I, I was shooting in the back of the head myself. Mm-hmm. But I remember being I looked after, and these guys were racist. I don't know what they did, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, yeah. what, coming to Hollywood, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even know. It's because of that experience. Sure. I, I, I didn't really see it the way other people saw I probably was discriminated against, but I was so busy being me, I didn't even know. Yeah. I probably, I'm sure I was.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I want to ask a few questions here. Uh, people said in when I uh, announced you're going to come on, I want to get to a couple of them anyway. Uh, Dean Knowles wants to know what was it like working with uh, the legend Raul Julia in Street Fighter?
2: I loved Raul Julia. Raul Julia is one of the nicest guys, calm, just one of the nicest guys you ever worked with in your life. And I think that was I think after that, I think he might have done. Our uh, family thing, the uh, monster that family thing. Yeah, oh, Adam's family. Yeah. yeah, I think it was right after us, uh, and he, he died. Our, of, we, yeah. ours, uh, ours was the last one, well, one of them. And um, mm-hmm. he was the nicest guy ever. And But I used to always wonder, and then I found out he died of a heart disease. The one, he would come to this set, what the damn, knock down every tree on the block. Why are you so close to the side, you dumb truck? Um. <laughs> wow. Um, he would come to the, in the mornings and go to the to the crowd service table, and he would get, he would get all the the uh, 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 boiled eggs. He get like five, ten more those Take all the yolk out, leave the white part, and just eat the yolks. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen that.
1: <laughs> no, that's never. no okay. Cause I've uh, I've yeah. lost ninety pounds in the in the last uh, five months because I totally changed my diet. And it's the opposite. I, uh, t- I throw away the yolks and I, you know, eat the egg whites. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, not everybody else do too. I've never seen anybody eat the yolk. That's the only fat cholesterol.
1: Right? Yeah, it's loaded with cholesterol. Yeah.
2: And he would just eat, it. and then he would go into the makeup trailer, <laughs> and he, uh-huh. his head would be completely thrown back on the makeup chair, going. <sighs> And the makeup lady would do his makeup while he's asleep with his mouth wide open. Like, you're not going to wake him up. She goes, uh, I've been doing that like this
4: for years.
2: <laughs> yep, She's doing makeup while he's, his head thrown back, mouth wide open, snoring. And she, was doing makeup.
1: <laughs> well, she was dedicated. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Al Ulb, uh, according to the producers in John Clyde Van Damme, the production of Street Fighter, the movie, was a nightmare. Do you agree with this? And what are your memories of working on the film?
2: Street Fighter? Yeah. I, again, I have no clue what was going on on the set. When I was there, we were shooting, da da da, da, da like I said. I'm so... I'm, I was, if any of that was going on, I promise you, me and Kyla and Mano was somewhere in a corner laughing and joking and telling jokes. All I remember... Highly, but no, became really tight. All I know is we were laughing and joking and having a great time. And if any of that was going on, and to me, and 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 in my and 35 years, that's the first I've ever heard that right now from you. I didn't know it, huh. but I do know this: claw and Dam was a trip. But that's all I do know. I don't know <laughs> what they were going through, and I and if you know more about it, please tell me because I didn't. I've never heard that ever.
1: Yeah, I didn't know either. Just I'll set it in. Uh Wes no, wants to know. It could be true.
2: It could be true, yeah. but I, I, I honestly don't know.
1: Right. Uh Wes wants to know what was it like working on Tour of Duty? And does he have any good stories? He loved that show.
2: Tour of Duty was my favorite project ever. Mm. It was the first show I was ever on. I was seventeen years, sorry, eighteen years old, and I was living in Hawaii. I, I remember I was making ten thousand five hundred dollars a week. I didn't have a bank account. Every week, I ca- and I got 22 episodes, so that's 22 weeks, so that's 22 checks. Every mm-hmm. check I cashed, I just put every $10,500 in my pocket and spent it. <laughs> 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 I remember we shot at Hawaii. It was the best experience. I remember there were times, and it's so funny you brought this up, because I was just thinking about this, either last night or the night before. Mm-hmm. I remember one time we were waiting for a helicopter to pick us up and take us back. And it was me, Stephen, all of the cast. And we were sitting on a ledge, on a, not a, a, a mountain ledge, on the side of the most beautiful mountain. It was all green. We were all laying down with our, laying with our head on our helmet, looking over this amazing, all of these beautiful green mountains because we were supposed to be in Vietnam, waiting on the helicopter to come and land, land at the top of the mountain to pick us up and take us home thinking about wow how beautiful is this dude this is going to be amazing guys we are so lucky and so blessed i think it was it, yeah, it was a pilot we're gonna mm-hmm. go this we are so lucky and so blessed and i was thinking about that uh that uh, some of the, uh, the friends on the show that i did the first show still my best friend to this day wow uh yeah i just got phone this morning and uh, we still can stay in touch it was my favorite project i've ever worked on in my entire career
1: oh nice uh, Lee wants to know, what was it like working with Ron Glass on Rhythm and Blues? He always seemed like a cool cat.
2: Ron Glass was the nicest guy ever. Ron was just a straight up guy. Who just did his job. Went home. Kept everything straight. Mama, I ain't trying to hear no drama. He just did his work. Went home. Laid his job out. Watch how I do it. And did this. Kept on going. Never a problem. <laughs> never never even did anything. He, he taught me how to just do your job. Lay it out. And Keep it trucking. Very and, cool. And when someone like it, and, and this is one of the things, like you said, was this going on? Was that going on? Always. <laughs> if you see drama, just walk the other way. You're not involved. You will <laughs> never be involved in it. And that's exactly where I left the wrong
1: Uh. And uh, Twitter, Save the Wells wants to know, uh, what are your memories of Slam Dunk Ernest?
2: Slam Dunk Ernest, I tell you that was another thing that I truly will never, ever, ever, ever forget. One of the treasures I ever had in this business was beating Jim Barney. What well, people uh-huh. don't know Jim Barney played that crazy-ass uh, idiot guy. <laughs> yeah. What they don't know is the reason he played that is because he had Einstein type of a brain. He oh, was wow. one of those, what do you call those, Oh, no. There is nobody you will ever meet. I remember him sitting in my room because our rooms were next to each other. We smoked weed together, because he smoked <laughs> weed too. Uh-huh. And I remember that guy. T- start talking, and then I found out he's whatever you call it, one of those IQ people, he's in, 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 that, in that group, Mensa? whatever, that, that name it up.
1: Mensa? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. And I remember him going, and he was going into stuff, and I remember sitting there, and the next thing I know, it was like six hours later, and I, and I was just like, I was at a movie. I could mm-hmm. not believe how smart the stuff he knew about. He was a genius, a genius. A genius Jim Barney was.
1: Very cool. So I want everyone know uh, Worth you can uh, watch now it's streaming on uh, Amazon Prime and Tubi. And actually uh, about that uh, Amazon, you know, all these streaming sites, how does that uh, how does that affect the life of an actor? I assume there's like more, you know, there's more content, so there'd be more like uh, work out there.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. There's so much work out there right now because there's so many different avenues now, it used to be the that Now it's that works. Now it's cable. Now it's streaming services. So there's so much. So much.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I also want to mention Tony Todd's also in Worth. It's uh, it a very good movie. I liked it a lot. I know it's not horror. It's a horror show, but it's a really cool movie. I think uh, people dig it. Which and, one uh, was uh, Worth, your new movie. Oh,
2: yeah. Tony yeah. Todd, I love him.
1: Yeah. yeah. he's the man. So uh where can people follow Miguel Nunez? Not like your house, but you know, follow of me
2: at M M Nunez Jr. M N U N E Z J R at I G. Instagram. M N U N E Z J R. And m a r you know, Twitter, M A Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Excellent. It was
1: very cool to talk to you. A lot of fun.
2: My pleasure, man. Thank you, and God bless.
1: Thank you. Take care.
2: Bye.
5: Bye.
1: Nasty Meal at the Station of Decapitation without your head. I'm joined by Penny Lane, the director of Satan. Hello. Hello. Which played last night at the Brattle <laughs> at uh, Boston Underground Film Festival. Yes. You said in the Q&A that uh, this kind of all started when you were at Buff a few years ago.
4: hmm
1: If you can explain
4: that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I came to the Boston Underground Film Festival to see a documentary I think it's called Sympathy for the Devil, and it's about this group called the Process Church of the Final Judgment, I think is the name of the group, and one of the people that was interviewed in the film was Lucian Greaves, the co-founder and spokesperson of the Satanic Temple, and he was invited to participate in the Q&A. So he, like, talked at the Q&A, and I didn't really understand what he was talking about, um, but he seemed really interesting, and I was interested to know more so I definitely, and I think I shook his hand or something afterwards, but I didn't like really meet him, and I didn't really understand what the Satanic Temple was. But a few weeks later, my producer sent me an article about the Satanic Temple, and he was like, I think we should look into this. It seems like it would be an interesting film. And I was like, yeah, I already met that guy. He was really cool. So it was a little bit of like those two events yeah. combining. But yeah, it kind of all started here. Yeah.
1: Well, that's pretty cool then to, to play it at, at Buff. Uh, was that special to you then? since it kind of started up, up off? Oh, yeah. We had yeah, up. I was
4: super excited when I got the email from Nicole about it, yeah.
1: So when you went into it, did you have any idea, like, what kind of documentary you were, you were going to make?
4: Yes and no. I mean, you know, you sort of always have, if you're halfway decent director you have like a vision you know
0: right.
4: so you're trying to chase your vision um, but you have to also stay open minded so things are always like kind of exactly what you set out to do but also like nothing like what you set yeah. out to do so
1: so change is why you're doing it
4: of course yeah. yeah but if you're not like pretty true to like your vision then you don't have a movie you know mm-hmm. so I always knew we'd be telling like the story is the story of the birth of a new religion you know a new religious movement mm-hmm. so knowing that the beginning, like, helps sort of focus everything we did. Yeah. You know, is, well, should we shoot this event or not? Well, would that event help us tell that story? Right. You know? So there was lots of events we didn't shoot because it didn't support the story we were trying to tell.
1: I'm not go- on one way or the other here, but um, is it fair to call it a religion if they don't believe in Satan?
4: Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask scholars of religion what the defining characteristics of a religion are belief in the supernatural is not a requirement I mean most forms of Buddhism are not Mm -hmm. they're atheistic at their core so you can have a religion without belief in God or Satan, or spirits, or any of this bullshit, and uh, there's no problem with that. The issue is that in the West, we're just not used to that idea, so right. it seems really crazy to us. But it's it's really not. Like, there's nothing about religion in and of itself that requires you to believe in an invisible, imaginary things.
1: Yeah. Did your opinion of the of the church of state of the the Temp- uh, satanic temple change while you were making it?
4: Sort of, yeah, because you know it just deepened, like. I knew at the beginning, because I had done enough research to know this, I mean I knew that it was a religion, I knew that people, I knew that the, that the satanic temple provided a really meaningful home to a lot of people. But it's one thing to sort of know that intellectually, and it's another thing to go out and meet people right. and like get to know them and hear their stories, and, and it was just very moving, it was a very moving experience to meet all these people in all these different places. Many of whom said things like, you know, I found my people or I've never been a part of any group before. Like Mm. it's like a, it's like a group for people who hate groups. So (laughs) like, that's kind of cool. You know, like a lot of people out there feel that way, like Mm. feel like always on the outside of everything and sort of revel in that role, but also it's very lonely. So to sort of, so I think that just my feeling about how meaningful Satanism is to so many people, I think that deepened.
1: I know you talked about in the Q&A kind of like how it's set up where the beginning is more joke-heavy. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because when I was looking in the church, uh, the Satanic Temple a couple years ago, it started out when I was just seeing stuff like, oh, these people are trolls. Yeah. And then the more you got into it, there's a lot more to it. Oh, yeah. And so... Yeah, you laid them documentary out like that.
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm definitely, like, asking the audience to go a long way to changing their minds about a lot of things that they think they know. So I'm very keenly aware when I'm structuring the film, like, what people are likely to be thinking at the beginning and what they're likely to be thinking, you know, 10 minutes in. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're sort of trying to guide people. Yeah. Because it's a very coherent worldview, mm-hmm. Satanism, um, but it takes a long time to explain it. <laughs> like, yeah, it just yeah. does like you know right. you can't really do it very well in 5 minutes. So uh-huh. if they were just trolls, the movie would be 5 minutes long. <laughs> right, right. You know, there wouldn't be much to it. If they were just trolls that had like really clever politics, the movie would be 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, so it really kind of builds on like you know itself yeah. as you go. So the humor is a good way to get people in sure. because I think a and big no part refreshing. of the audience people that are likely to show up to watch a movie like this in a movie Mm. theater are people for whom, like, poking fun at Christian fundamentalism seems like a fun idea. Yeah. But, you know, so that's kind of a little bit of how you get people in, but Mm. then there's a lot more to do yeah like that's, after that that's
1: probably how they get people in themselves I
4: think that's right Very, yeah just, exactly uh, so I think that the, these sort of overlapping interests and goals of my film or me yeah. as an artist in the satanic temple are, are they're fairly overlapping yeah. like you know we have a lot in common I'd say
1: mm-hmm. uh, were they on board right away was Lucian on board to do the documentary or did,
4: did not really uh, I would say he was probably just being polite to me like At the beginning, like, sure, we can meet for coffee, but he didn't... Yeah. I don't think he was that interested in doing anything. Um, They had been approached by a lot of other people, like documentary people, reality TV people, Mm -hmm. and he was never very impressed with any of them. But for whatever reasons, he thought I would be good at this. He, He thought I'd be a good person for this particular job. And I think part of it was that I was very clear that I was not interested in making, like, a psychobiography of him. Right. Which a lot of people think is what he'd want. Like, a lot of people mistakenly assume that Lucian Greaves, like, is doing this because he loves attention and, like, has a huge ego and, like, wants everyone to know who he is and follow him. And it's, like, could not be further from the truth. Yeah. And I think the fact that I told him at the beginning that obviously he would be a very important person in the film... Mm-hmm but that the film wouldn't be about him right. you know and I didn't really care where he grew up and, and yeah. I didn't care what happened to his eye and right. I didn't care yeah. like you know and- yeah I didn't really care about any of that you know mm. um, so only to the extent that like it would help tell the story of the birth of a new religion uh, and if not I wasn't that interested so I think he appreciated that and I think he also appreciated that I'd actually done some fucking homework which most filmmakers don't bother to do so by the time I showed up to meet with him yeah. the questions that I was asking were not like
1: the real basic What's but, it, yeah though? Right? Yeah. you know
4: I mean so I think he appreciated that as well And we shared a lot. We just, I think we have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were just joking over text. Like, I was like, who's more antisocial, me or you? You know? (laughs) I'm not sure. It's a tie. Uh, We both like like to be alone with books. Like, more than we like to be around people and parties and
1: stuff. Was uh, the stuff with Baphomet, the statue, had that already started? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, by the time I showed up. If the movie tracks like a six-year period, yeah. I didn't show up until year three, okay. like maybe even year four. Like, So by the time I heard about them, Baphomet had already had its kind of run in Oklahoma right. and was already built, mm-hmm. and they were just starting to try to get it placed in Little Rock. Yeah, So it was like that's where I showed up. and. The reproductive rights lawsuit was already underway. Yeah. Um. But early, so yeah. By the time I showed up, like most of what you see in the first half of the film had already happened. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of the people that are either black and blacked out or like pixelated, did they did they just not want to be seen and of yeah. like you know uh, their personal lives?
4: Yeah. I mean, there's really no big mystery. Like, think about your own life and think about whether there's anyone in your life that might be adve- adversely yeah. affected. Uh, yourself included by being a satanist right. on tv or in the movie or something and for a lot of people that are involved in the satanic temple they really believe in the work it, it's all very important to them emotionally and like psychologically and politically and socially um but it doesn't mean that they want to lose their job
1: <laughs> right right you know, oddly or, or enough, have their kids like,
4: like bullied at school sure, yeah yeah you
1: know? not even them themselves yeah because uh, oddly enough my co-host on a podcast i do is uh a pretty uh he's a Catholic and he was he was not impressed that I was at the movie last night. Yeah. It, how about your, yourself? Is there anything in your life that you didn't want to necessarily not be involved in, but be seen in the movie? No.
4: There's nothing no. yeah. yeah. It would be the same for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Fine. I could be a Satanist. It probably wouldn't wouldn't harm me at all. Well I might, but
1: Right. Yeah. You, know. you wouldn't worry about it. No. Yeah. So how long did you follow him?
4: Um you know, we the film started three years ago, but mm-hmm. I'm counting that from like the minute I met Lucian sure. at that event. So I would say really two years.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So how much footage did you have to to edit down into a making slice documentary?
4: A lot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the number because we had so much stuff that we filmed, but also. So much material that they had filmed. Right, right. So I have no clue. I mean, it's infinite. Like, yeah. you know. And then all the local news stuff and all the Fox News stuff and all the old movies that I collected. So, yeah. I don't know, a huge amount of footage. Yeah.
1: Before before you met him, did you have any interest in, in the Church of Satan or Satanic Temple or anything No, like that? I didn't
4: know anything about it. Like, yeah. I had kind of vaguely heard of Anton LaVey, but I yeah. b- barely. Like, I might have been able to pick him out of a lineup, but I didn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. So, not really, no. my I think that the first thing that interested me was, A, that I had... I think I had... Well, I know. I had been trying to think of a film project about the satanic panic for a long time right like i thought that was an interesting and under, under explored part of our recent history yeah. um with a lot of lingering repercussions that are quite quite bad and there are still people in prison for that shit you know yeah so i think i was sort of thinking about that a bit so that kind of was mm-hmm. on my mind so satanism but But I thought from my research that what I had learned was that there were no Satanists um, and that it was all imaginary. So then realizing that there were Satanists, but they weren't the people that they said they were, was very fun. Uh Um, And yeah, so that was kind of like where it started. And then like, you know, obviously as like a lifelong, you know, atheist with a very strong interest in like promoting enlightenment values and like secular... Materialist, you know, kind of objective reality type things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the issues that they deal with are things that I care about a lot. Yeah. So I think the combination of all those things, and just you know, the feeling that I was learning new
5: things was yeah. really what I was chasing. As a
1: lifelong uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, a fan myself, I remember that in the '80s, and my brother's nine years older, so I would play with his with his friends who you know were in their teens in the '80s. Yeah. And I remember one of his friends in particular; they said was. Uh, sacrificing cats and all, which uh, he did but yeah. I remember <laughs> that one Halloween it was they didn't want kids going out because supposedly they were going to kidnap somebody and yeah, they, I live on the cave yeah a so. lot of
4: people have like a little brush with the you know, yeah. a in one way or another yeah
1: would that be something you would still explore as a separate documentary yeah.
4: probably not mm-hmm. um, only because I know some people are yeah so like I think there's good work being done already this was my contribution
1: alright so um, when you said it debuts on Easter, or well, Easter, Easter weekend. weekend it
4: opens in New York and L.A., and then the weekend after it opens in like I don't know thirty more cities. Yeah. Like so that. what's
1: the reaction been like uh, for the screenings you've had?
4: So far, so it's been great. Um, you know, but we've only done like film festivals and some like one-offs, you know, and like press stuff. But um, you know, at Sundance the response was really amazing. Um, I've never made such a crowd pleasing movie like people just walk out of the theater with this smile people are so happy at the end of the film it's really surprising that we made this like uplifting Mm
0: -hmm. life
4: affirming heartwarming (laughs) film about sadness it surprises a lot of people but they're not just, like, happy and smiling. They're also, like, disturbed and, like, right. thinking. Uh-huh. Like, you can, like, almost yeah. see the wheels turning in their head. They're like, wait a minute. But, you know, there's, there's so much packed into the film mm-hmm. that you need to unpack later. Yeah. So that, you know, people will watch the whole film. And they'll say, like, love it. Like, love these people. Totally get it. Like, uh-huh. totally on board. But why Satan? You know, and you're like, okay, right. you might need to watch the whole movie again. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, there's just so much work to do Mm -hmm. to like really understand what's going on in the film and a lot of people like might get as far as appreciating the kind of political dimension of their activist work but not really get the religious dimension at all right so i think it's just like it might take two viewings for a lot of people to like really understand but it seems like people are entertained enough that they want to know more and yeah. like i don't know
0: what more i could ask for uh, the i st- haven't had
4: any like super negative response it's right. like probably a few people have walked out maybe but like every movie people, yeah. people walk out a
1: wide you know, release might be a bit different i guess yeah, at different. a festival it's probably more people that would be open-minded to it yeah. were you there for the the stuff filmed in detroit with acts or was that yes what was that experience like when you were there
4: Oh, it was awesome. That was such a beautiful performance. It was really powerful. Um, I was extremely moved by it. It was freezing cold. It was like maybe 10 degrees in there. No heat. You know, see the breath. Uh, So it was freezing cold. It was really intense. It was gorgeous. It was just, she's such an incredible artist. She's so powerful. It gave me goosebumps, you know didn't occur to me that saying the words execute the president might be a problem. <laughs> right. Like it just didn't even like, in the context of the performance, right. it's like it doesn't it doesn't read as like I think we should go assassinate right. Trump. Like that's not it just felt like a kind of artistic gesture that mm-hmm. I thought made sense in the context of the piece. Just More in
1: like, with the rest of the uh, rest of the things they do.
4: Yeah, so, so only later was I like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, right. can yeah I can see why. He could
1: take us that clip, and yeah, I can see why saying execute
4: the president might be a problem. Um, but it, for me, like, it isn't, and it wasn't, and I don't think it's against the law at all. Um, you know, Lucian and I have just just different points of view on that. Yeah.
0: Like,
4: I think there's well-established case law that would say that in the context of an artistic performance, mm-hmm. like, no, not against the law. Yeah. She's not trying to incite violence. Yeah against the current president. Right. You know, um, so I think she's very well protected, like, mm-hmm. as an artist and under the First Amendment. But I also understand that from an institutional point of view Yeah, it
1: could really hurt the Absolutely. The group,
4: yeah. So like I get all the different points of view. I just think um, you know, for my in my opinion, like she didn't really do anything wrong. Uh-huh. She just maybe did some things that weren't approved of by leadership. Yeah, yeah. that's not her style. <laughs> right, like right. she doesn't want to do things that are approved by leadership. she wants yeah. to be a fucking rebel. Yeah,
1: it is. It is interesting when you're watching it because that's the whole premise of the of, of the, um, exactly. the temple That's why. Well, so.
4: That's why I love that moment where she kind of giggles when she's like, "I guess it's a little bit satisfying." to be fired at the Satanic right. Temple for being too extreme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, what does it mean to be a Satanic organization? Uh-huh. Like, what could a Satanic church look like Like, as it grows and gets right. bigger and bigger and bigger, which is going to do? Like, yeah. s- very difficult uh, questions. Yeah. You know, and, and, and to be very fair, like, everyone involved in the Satanic Temple is actively dealing with those questions. Like, they're not unaware
1: yeah.
4: of the problems and the tensions and the ironies. Yeah.
1: Do you know what what some of them are like in, the, in other countries? Are they similar? Or?
4: I didn't spend that much time abroad, but um, you know there are a lot of chapters in other countries, um, and I would say, to some extent, from what I saw, the kind of the basic premise of the Sydney temple is quite American. Uh-huh. It comes from America. The context is kind of right. specific, so there's different issues that people in Sweden are confronting, or people in the UK, and I think there's been some tensions, I mean, I know there's been some tensions around that, like, how to to manage that, how to, like, be open and adaptive, but also, like, you know, stick true to who they are. I mean, this is just endlessly confusing and hard, and everyone involved with the organization is, like, has a day job, isn't being paid to do this, like, Mm -hmm. volunteer labor nights and weekends, like no thank like no one's going to thank you for being like for making things happen right. you know so it's it's a very difficult job these people have like right. trying to run the satanic temple yeah. it's like no joke
1: yeah. Is it, like you said they have other jobs not necessarily do any of the people make like a living from the satanic temple or do? I No,
4: I don't think so I mean I don't wanna speculate really. I don't really know, but I'm, I don't I don't I don't think at this point Lucian is a day job. I think Lucian may draw a small salary from yeah. the proceeds but, 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 but also yeah. he's like I mean I also You know, it's not a lot of money, is my, I guess, because he's not living large, right, uh, right. From what I can tell. Yeah.
1: So I know you weren't there. I wasn't there either. But uh, there was a party at the Hong Kong here in in Boston afterwards. Yeah. It got shut down, and sure
4: did. I
1: know you can't explain exactly what happened since you weren't there. But uh, do you have any thoughts on that?
4: As far as I can tell, what happened was. that Boston Underground Film Festival, in collaboration with the Boston chapter of the Satanic Temple, planned a party at the Hong Kong. That part of the party would be a Satanic Black Mass, which is great because the original Satanic Black Mass in my story was at the Hong Kong. You know, right? Yeah. Whatever, twenty fourteen. Everyone cheered when that came 2014 know, yeah. or something, yeah. you know? 2014, I think that was uh, a while ago, maybe 2013. Anyway, so. Um, which is great. And everything was cleared. You know, every, everyone was in agreement about what was going to yeah. happen. And then I guess when they started doing the ritual, like some of the employees or maybe the owner didn't like what was going like, on, didn't like it. Even though it was, I think they were following the rules that had been set out. So they just like stopped it. And then they had to all like, it, once it just the same thing happened that happened last time it was like shut down and like they had to go out in the street and like find somewhere else to <laughs> yeah. go. And yeah, it sounds pretty epic. <laughs>
1: Was that filmed that could it could go on like the special know. edition on the Blu-ray or, or DVD or something? It. Yeah, yeah. So I did look that you also uh, made a documentary before about something I, I I I enjoy growing up with sea monkeys. And I just yeah. wanted to ask about that because that sounds very interesting. It's something I'd like to seek out.
4: No, oh, you should watch it. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say about it. It's about sea monkeys. It's yeah. like a really interesting story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will check that one out. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed talking to you and I love the movie. Thank you. I hope people check it out. Tell
4: your friends. Tell your Catholic co host. He might like it.
1: Yeah, John, watch it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Thanks so much. Thank you.
1: Here once again at the station of decapitation. Without your head, I'm Nasty Neil, and the terrible one is not with me tonight. He is out watching Endgame, the new Avengers film. I think he went on eBay and he spent five grand. No, he didn't. But uh, yeah, he's out watching Endgame with um, with his girlfriend. And so I, I, I'll accept that. I know he's the big uh, Avengers fan, big Marvel fan. Uh, he has a big Thanos tattoo on his arm, and he had this long before Thanos was in any movie. So he had this tattoo, and I remember seeing the original um, Avengers movie with him. And, uh, you know, it was after credit scene, and Thanos popped up and uh he he was just like oh my god he's totally geeked out so anyway he's off seeing that i haven't seen it myself so i'll probably be seeing that tomorrow or possibly this weekend uh so i don't want to give any uh i can't give a review because i haven't seen it the hell would i even know you know what i'm saying exactly So a big thanks to Miguel Nunez Jr. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. I thought we had good uh, chemistry together at Duggett and and Penny Lane. Now, obviously, that one was well recorded. Uh, That was recorded at Boston Underground Film Festival a couple months ago, but I was not allowed to, uh, to put it out until the theatrical run of the movie, which is this Friday. So I believe it's a limited run, but if it's playing near you, I highly recommend it. And you don't even have to agree with uh, with uh, Satanists to enjoy it. And and the thing is, um, you know, it's called they're called Satanists, but it's like they don't even really believe Satan. And uh, I know that they got the tax exemption uh, recently, as as you know, they're seen as a real um, religion. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, it's good for the people involved, but. Is it a religion if you don't actually believe in Satan, or does that not even matter? I don't know. I guess that's uh, something we could talk about down the line with um with other guests. It's interesting. It's interesting, but I definitely recommend the uh, the documentary. And uh, sometime down the line, we'll have uh, Jex Black- uh, Blackmore in the show. I'm really looking forward to that. But I don't want to put words in her mouth. From my understanding she wasn't. Totally uh, happy with Her portrayal in the movie so uh, I'm very interested to talk with her Because in my opinion her segment Is the part that uh, Seemed the most dangerous Her her stuff has gone on so I'd like To find out more about that I find her very interesting I'd like to find out more about her so I'm looking forward To that at some point in time I, I really do like Both interviews big thanks to Michael Epstein and Sophia cassiola but it was our uh music of the month uh for the last couple months uh great stuff i really like their tunes uh good friends with both of them very cool people uh i dig them and they're very talented a lot make a lot of neat stuff uh you know it'd be sad to say goodbye but uh but uh, i'm sure they'll pop up here now again on the show now, so I was looking for a uh, new music of the month, and so I put just a couple words out there, and I was um, overwhelmed by the response from independent artists out there, you know, uh, uh, bands, singles musicians got in touch with me. So, um, you know, I'd have enough to do music of the month for like two years if I, if I used everybody. So I can't do that. But uh, I do have some plans to bring back the uh, mixtape idea, which I had a lot of fun with. And maybe one a month or so we're going to do a mixtape here which will feature uh independent um artists with a uh, horror tinge them or darkness weirdness something you know to uh put them up i always really liked on the show and uh, it would be nice to uh, bring it back so if you're out there and you like your music to be heard on the show just uh hit me up at without your head at gmail.com or message me on on facebook i really should get the twitter out there more so follow us on twitter I know the world's kind of going towards the Twitter follow us on Twitter at without your head, uh, join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash without your head or, and follow us on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube and also subscribe to us in the iTunes and leave some uh, comments and ratings. So uh, that's all the way. Just basically look for without your head and follow us. Also share it. We're bringing back the, um, the spread, the head giveaway, and this month is predators. So we have two copies of the new Predator on Blu-ray. Pretty sweet. I gotta do is share the show. Let me know you shared it. Uh, you could share an upcoming sh- show, share uh, an archive podcast, whatever it is. Let people know about the show that you dig, and you could help without your head grow. So it helps us, and you get a chance of winning something cool. Uh, all right, let's get into some stuff. Not gonna be here a long time tonight since I'm flying solo. Uh, The Velocipaster. Now, now, the movie, who knows? I've not seen this movie, but I've seen the poster and the name, and I love it. There have been times where I've I've seen, like, a really cool poster, and then I wish I didn't see the movie. So, this could, I I call those movies, movies that should have just been posters. Because I've seen, you know, there's been, there was the trend there for a while of making fake trailers. And that was cool. That was fun. I liked those. But sometimes I think, why not just make a, why can't a movie just be a poster? Like I've got a silly idea. I got a funny image or a cool image, a shocking image, whatever the image is. And it's like, Hey, this is cool. Let's put that out there. But I don't want to make a movie. I can't make a movie. I am probably not going to be able to pull this movie off. I don't have the money, whatever. So it's, just simply a poster. Now I'm not trying to knock Velocipaster. It might be awesome. But I'm just saying that sometimes a movie should just be a poster. And I'm sure people out there who have dreams of making movies don't want to just make posters. But just my idea, folks. Not all of them are are gold, but it makes sense in my mind. But anyway, Velocipaster looks pretty awesome. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And they caught my attention with the name and the poster. And uh, so it's doing a job so far. Uh, you know, something about that, because sometimes I'll say, like, this, this uh, trailer looks bad or good. And then people say, well, you can't judge the movie on the trailer. And I'm like, well, obviously. But if that's all that's out there uh, to see or to hear or to consume... Then it's fair in my mind to at least um, judge the trailer, because the point of a trailer or a poster is to entice you to pay money to see the movie. So either you know I'm gonna go to the theater and put down my money, or I'm gonna you know get it on uh, video and demand something like that. But the point is, I'm gonna pay my money to see it. So it's totally fair to to um, to grade trailers because their job, in a way, could be seen as more important than the movie itself because it's a draw you in. You could have a terrible movie, but if it's drawn in, it's going to do well. But um, so it's totally fair. But obviously you can't say this movie is good or bad because you just saw a trailer. But you could say, I want to see this movie or not, or I think this movie looks bad or not, uh, based off the trailer. Anyway, it's just a little pet peeve of mine that probably most people do not give a shit about. But what people do give a shit about is Shudder, and Shudder's become an awesome channel. Last uh, week on uh, Joe Bob, he showed, what did he show? Madman with our buddy himself, Paul Eller's Madman Mars. So that was very cool. Anytime Joe Bob has a movie with a, that we've had a guest on, I, sh- I, I, uh, I share it. I don't care. It's kind of shameless, probably. I'll, be, like, I'll plug like Joe Bob. Like, hey, Joe Bob just showed this movie. Well, listen to this interview. Maybe a little cheap, but, but you know what? I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think it's win-win. People could go listen to the interview, and maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll see the interview and they say, "Hey, I'm gonna go watch Joe Bob." It can, you know, it can happen. I'm not saying bigger than Joe Bob. I'm just saying, you know, it helps each other out. And, it is, and it's a, it's a, it's a nice feeling. It's a warm, fuzzy feeling, and and in, in the depths of nasty Neil, and like I like Paul Ellis, and hey, his movie's getting shown, Joe Bob. That's pretty cool. I dig it. Uh, also on Shudder coming up uh, soon is the Ranger, and uh, uh, very cool because I got to see the Ranger last year at the Boston Underground Film Festival, my first film festival. I did a really, I think, a cool interview with uh, Jen Wexler, the director. Then I did uh, one later in London with the producer, which is not up yet because I had some health issues, but it will be up. So it's cool to uh, to follow a movie from you know the festival scene to now it's going to be on Shutter and people, and you know now it's slowly getting we've even had buzz then um, just from the um, from the festival run, but. Uh, now that it's uh, it's it's starting to get out there, uh, people talk, talk about it more. And there's also, I, w- I want to mention by my uh, good friends, Erica and Zach Kaufman, uh, there is the official Ranger t-shirt from Atomic Cotton. So go and check that out. Uh, great artwork by Erica. And nice uh, shirts by, by Zach. I believe Zach does the, the printing and Erica uh, does the artwork. I could be wrong. I know Erica does the artwork, but... I'm pretty sure Zach does the printing or he just He might just have a cool beard. He might just be there for the beard. He, that might be his role of atomic con. He's got a beard, but anyway, the Rangers coming to shutter, uh, check it out when it when it's out there. I, I dig it. So I've been wondering about this speaking of shutter. Cause I watched the critter series on shutter, which I actually enjoyed. I wasn't sure about the first couple episodes, but it's incredibly cheesy, but it's very fun. It's very fun. And, uh, Hell, sometimes I just want to watch a fun, you know, silly thing, and I enjoy it. I like all different horror movies. I do like some uh, really dark, disturbing stuff. I like some blood and gore. Um, you know, primarily, I like like the classic horror movies or something that's telling a story, but that doesn't mean I don't have time for something dumb and silly or something gory and nasty. Uh, it just, it, you know, it depends what, what mood I'm in. So Critters uh, series... First, it's a little weird that uh, the episodes are like ten minutes. So maybe without the credits, are about eight minutes. But I think it it actually worked because it is very cheesy. So I think um, getting just like that short, um, you know, uh, you know, eight ten minute uh, intervals, it, it worked for for the uh, series. So I, I think it's worth checking out. So then there's also a sweet Hawaiian shirt by the good people of creepy company, which, uh, they make amazing stuff. I love these guys. And then I saw today earlier this week, a lot of people saw us, uh, critters attacks, a new critters film starring D Wallace. So like nothing against critters. I like critters, but what is it in 2019? They're just like, we fucking need a bunch of critters. This 2019 is a year of the critters let's do a series let's do a new movie let's get the, the shirt out there let's just it, it, when people have waited long enough we got to get critters out there just for fucking critters critters everywhere weird stuff uh, James Wan wants to remake Salem's Lot alright so a few things here the original Salem's Lot is, is great it has some images there's not many images or anything that scares that, you know, that's not me saying I'm this badass guy. I've watched horror movies since I was a kid and just you grow uh, immune to it. Now, I'm going to go a little, uh, a little tangent here, too, because I see some people always saying, like, uh, you know, a horror movie, if it doesn't scare you, it's not a good horror movie. Uh, if, if I thought that, there'd be like, there'd, I don't know, like two horror movies that I've ever liked. And that's not the case. I love horror movies. Now, I don't get scared by horror movies, but I don't think you need to be, like, scared to to enjoy a horror movie. Plus, I mean, let's be honest. How how many, if if you're a horror fan for a long period of time, do you really still get scared from a movie? And if not, then if you have this, you know, this thought process, then you just never like any movies? That seems pretty lame. You gotta, you know, come on. So, anyway... Ah, uh, the original Salem's a Lot. There's images from it that do not necessarily like I'm p- pissing myself or something. But when I was a kid, they they would scare me, and they stuck with me. Especially like the little uh, kid float knocking the window. That's scary to me. Very scary back then. Uh, and it still holds up. I watch it recently. Uh, so I um, you know, so I guess part of me would be like, well, you don't want to remake where. But I'm totally fine with the remake. That was um, 40 years ago. I know that they did another one since then, but let's be honest. Besides that one, there's one guy I know on Facebook who likes it. No, I don't think most people who know it exists. So screw that. Uh, The the time has passed. 40 years has gone by. All right. It's fine. You can do a new one. That's my rule. It's fine. Um, you know, plus, like, uh, you know, that, that was a long time ago. You could do something different with it. I'm not going to say it's going to be better or worse, but uh, you do something different with it. So uh, I'm looking, I would like to see a well-made Salem's Lot movie. Now, um, it's a big book. So, you know, you can do it in a couple parts, like like the current is. whatever well, however you want to do it, that's fine. But me, you can even do it one movie. Um, James Blonde Involvement. Now I know a lot of people are going to love that. I'm not a fan of James Wan movies. I think he's technically a good director. I think uh, his cinematography and he knows what he's doing, but I don't really care for any of his movies or any of the movies in the James Wan universe. I think they all have a very they have a similarity to him, besides Aquaman. But God damn, did I hate Aquaman! I'm trying to be more positive, but. There's there's no redeeming qualities of Aquaman. That was pit. But uh, sticking to his horror movies, a lot of people love them. So my opinion's really not really important. But on the grand scheme of things,
5: but it, at least though, um,
1: Salem's Lot isn't like a ghost movie. I've seen enough James Wan movies about possessed things. They're just enough. Just enough speaking of that the curse of Le- of La Yorona. So I went to see this. I didn't know anything about that this was a, this was a, like a spin-off to Annabelle which is a spin-off to the Conjuring movies. I I didn't know. So I went in. I just thought that the, the the trailer was pretty cool. So I went in, uh, My friend I was with is not into horror movies. So she was like legit all the jump scares. She you know, that's another thing people are always down on jump scares. Um. Okay, now if a movie is all jump scares, it's not going to be very exciting to me. Just like if a movie is just all cool effects, like that only goes so far. Every movie needs a story, to, to, to and characters to hook me. But that doesn't mean that you can't use jump scares, or somehow jump scares are not uh, legit, like in horror. If you jump scares, it's bad. I don't see a, anything wrong with it. You just can't use the jump scares in replacement for a good story and character. It's just like you can't use cool effects for that. Like If you just have cool effects, it's cool for a few minutes, but you're not going to want... A uh, 90-minute movie is just like cool effects and the, and the rest of it sucks. It's not going to be that great. Just like a 90-minute movie with some cool with fun jump scares and nothing else isn't going to be great. But if you added a good movie with jump scares, it adds to it. And it was uh, really uh, uh, revel- relevant Prevalent. Uh, I don't think that's a weird word. What the fuck? I don't care. But it was really obvious when I was watching this with with my friend, because uh, so she's not into horror movies, and she was legit screaming and jumping in the movie, and it, it made it a lot of fun to me. And I was like, well, this is how you know normal people, you know, not some jaded asshole like me. This is how they react to the horror movies, and it and it made a lot of fun. It didn't take away from it. I think it added to it. The, the whole experience. If it wasn't for that, I probably would have just been bored out of my mind. So, but then it, it does make me think. I'm like, well, you know, sometimes our us hardcore horror fans, we don't think about you know the the, the general audience that go to see these movies. Not everyone listening to Without Your Head and reading you know bloody disgusting and all these websites to find all all the all the, the horror dirt. Some just go and go to have a good time and so that's what the jump scares are there for. Uh, that being said, I thought the movie was pretty boring. It was very uh, similar to all the other James Wan universe movies. I don't think he directed this, but, you know, the James Wan. Um, I think the uh, the character looked cool. There were some, some neat elements. I uh, wasn't really interested in any of the characters. Uh, just wasn't that great of a movie. I, I, it is interesting that it is based on a, on a real legend. I was going to say a tr- true legend but our, any legend is true but it is based on an actual legend that people talk about which which is interesting and there's a dark element to the movie because it is about a woman who drowns children and it's weird because there, there was that there was it starts off like i think well it's pretty dark but the movie really isn't that dark so i'm not a guy that says like a movie has to be real hard R to be good because i don't think that's true but if you're going in if you're making a movie about a child murder, you have to make a, a, a bleak movie. It has to be, uh... Yeah, I think you need to be a little balls here. It had to be a little darker. Because you can't have that dark of a premise and then kind of have, like, a, a lighthearted movie. This doesn't work. It's kind of like a throwaway film. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen, though. I mean, whatever. Uh, everyone's talking about Mark camp It's funny, because uh, when, they, when they announced the, um... The Chucky uh, remake. And I was like, oh my god, I don't remake these, these classic films. And then Mark Hamill's aboard Chucky, then people are like, oh, fuck, this is awesome. So yeah, Mark Hamill is great, and I think that's a good choice if you're going to do a new Chucky, but at the same time, Brad Dwarf is awesome, and he's still alive, and he's still willing to do these. So it's kind of messed up. I do think that Chucky himself looks really bad in, in these. I'm not the, I like the first child's play, and I like uh, Bride, Bride of Chucky. Uh, a lot of them, I'm not like. I don't have this uh, close connection to, so it's not like uh, hurt my feelings that they would make more. I do you think it? I just think it's odd that, that you already have a current storyline of these movies being made currently with the original director and Brad Dorf in them. And there's really, like a series coming? And then there's also a reboot with uh with a different cast and a different storyline. It's uh it's odd. It's just odd. I'm not even saying it's bad, but it's just very strange to me. I, I don't I don't really get it. Uh this has been going around online that uh bad glass reviews made M. Night Shyamalan cry, which makes me sad because like I didn't like the movie, but I don't want to make the man cry. But you probably just can't make movies if like you're gonna if you're gonna cry at bad uh Bad reviews, or just make better movies, just make something better, jackass. No, well, I just because I didn't like it doesn't mean it's not good, it's just not good to me. Uh, I believe I mentioned this last week, I was coming to shudder. Is our Tigers Are Not Afraid? Uh, excellent film, one of my favorite of uh, last year with a character by Issa Lopez, who I also saw that at um at Boston. Boston underground film festival a lot of cool stuff about Boston underground film Festival. I saw bloody disgusting has a list of like uh, summer 2019 horror movies I'm gonna go over some of these there's too many to go over all, of them. but I uh, check it out on bloody disgusting uh, body at Brighton Rock that comes out April 26 I had not heard of this movie but it looks pretty cool I trapped the devil also comes up the 26 I thought this looks awesome it's like a guy who I apparently has trapped the devil like in, in his basement and I was like, whoa, that sounds pretty fucking sweet. So I don't know if he's keeping them in there. So because you can't kill a devil, but you can trap the devil. I don't know, but it's very intriguing. I don't I don't like I don't even want to know too much more than that. I, I want to go in and, uh, and see this extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. May 3rd on Netflix. It's a so sick Zach Efron is Ted Bundy. Definitely looking forward to that. I'll take you dead. I saw that at Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival and loved it. It was one of my favorite movies. So uh, it's coming to a VOD, video on demand, in May, May third. Uh, the Intruder looks a lot of fun to me. It's um, Dennis Quaid. It's weird because Dennis Quaid was a huge uh, movie star, and he had the you know crazy brother, and then he just vanished. It's like he made like uh, Great Balls of Fire, I think, and then he just vanished and. I was wondering what happened to the guy. Then he started popping up in, um, in some kind of commercials. I am like, oh shit, this Dennis Quaid, he looks pretty much the same. And now he's in this weird uh, horror movie. So uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Looks good to me. Uh, the Covenant. The Covenant. Covenant, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read this. For, this is right off of like disgusting. A period horror film set in the 17th century. The plot sees a young woman spared from execution and sent to a convent To repent instead. That sounds interesting to me. Michael Ironside is in it. A huge fan, former guest on the show, and Claire Higgins from Oh Wow Wild from uh, Hellraiser. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I like the premise and uh, it's a great cast. Uh, Brightburn, which is the it's basically like the uh, if Superman was 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 evil. It's like a horror. It's a horror movie about you know superheroes. Looks very cool. Uh, you know, I don't know too much about it, but I saw the trailer and it looked neat. I don't know if it's actually based on a comic, I'm not a big comic book guy. Not that I hate him, I just don't I'll follow him. But it's uh, produced by James Wan, so that's cool. I mean, uh, James Gunn. He's, so uh, I like James Gunn stuff, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks, it looks interesting. Uh, you know, for long time I was, I was against like this whole thing of anti-superheroes. There are a lot of superhero movies, I have to admit. But the thing is you don't have to go see him. You don't want to see him this scene But they are there are quite a bit. It's like, all right, guys. You need to even go and make other superheroes that aren't real. Uh, well that aren't already established when you already have all these other superheroes being made. Strange. Uh, the perfection. Troubled music prodigy. Charlotte seeks out star pupil Elizabeth. At our former school, sending both down a path of shocking consequences. That comes out May 24th on Netflix. Again, thank you to uh, Bloody Disgusting. Godzilla, the King of Monsters comes out May 31st. I'm not really, I've never really liked any of these movies, but every time anyone comes, out, I'm like, whoa, this looks pretty cool. I'm going to go see it. So I'll, I'll definitely go see it. I'm not going to lie. Well, I like it. Who knows? I'll, I mean, maybe. Probably not, but the the trailers the trailers do look good. Actually, uh, May thirty first, a very weird looking movie. Ma comes out. I'm sure a lot of you guys do. If you go to the movies, you've probably seen this trailer. It's like a this older black woman who um who lets like uh, I think it's all white teens teens anyway. Uh, you know, drink underage in her house. So then like, she, if that's not weird enough, then it's it's uh, it's it kind of weird. It looks it looks really good. It Looks interesting. It looks uh original. I don't. I don't remember this uh, story, you know, anything else. Uh, you know, you don't see a lot of original ideas too often. Look uh, The Dead Don't Die, obviously. Now, this one's not original at all. It's, a, you know, looks like a basic zombie movie. But it does look very cool, especially just because the uh, the cast. It's almost like it's not real. It's uh, Adam Driver and Bill Murray and Phyllis Whitten and Carol Kane, Danny Glover, Iggy, Iggy Pop. My God. So, it, yeah, it looks... It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. I don't know if you have to see it. Uh, it's, it's weird that uh, zombies just come full circle. They're like, we're, we're scary now. You know, there's all these parodies. Which we've already... It's almost like it's done full circle more than once. Because it went from serious to parody. Back to serious. And now we're back to parody again. It's like... Well, there's so many times. It, it's just... It's a, it's like a revolution. It's a circle after a circle after a circle. Uh, Child's Play, which I talked about earlier, June twenty first. Nightmare Cinema. I never heard of this one before, but looks very cool. Uh, That's June twenty first. Uh, here's the the write up from Bloody Disgusting. Five strangers come together at a weird theater run by the projectionist Mickey Rourke, who shows shows them their deepest fears via film. Sounds um, very cool, and it's a uh, the horror anthology, which I I like, and it's uh, directed by. Mick Garris, Joe Dante, David Slade, Ruhai, Kitamura, and Alejandro Bruce. It's very cool. Uh, a lot of other stuff. I knew Annabelle. I'm not big on these. I've actually never even seen an Annabelle movie, so to say I'm not big on them, it's not fair. But, uh, Midsummer looks uh, pretty sweet. I was not a huge fan of Hereditary, but uh, this one looks very good. Man, there's a lot. Uh, sequel to The Boy comes out July 26th. Six, uh, uh, the New Mutants, August second. Oh yeah, Scary Stories to Tell to Tell in the Dark. I never read the books, but the uh, all the images are very cool to me, so I'm looking forward to that. That comes out August 9th and the sequel to Forty Seven Meters Down, Forty Seven Meters Down, the Cage, August sixteenth. Um, I thought the first one was better than I expected, but I wouldn't say it's great. But it was fine. So, oh, you know, we get. It. I wouldn't be against it. It Chapter 2, September 6th. That's one I'm really looking forward to as well. So that's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Game of Thrones this week. Um, Some people don't like the episodes that aren't uh, action-heavy, but not that I don't like, because I think uh, the action is amazing in a lot of um, uh, the episodes of, of The Walking Dead. But I do, uh, I think I would like them equally. I like equally the the, the action stuff. And uh, well, probably, I probably actually like the dialogue episodes better, but that's not a knock on the action one. And this one was really about uh, the characters, and they've all, we followed these people for years, and now they're all together uh, to do the, the, you know, seemingly the last battle of the series against the dead. And uh, I loved it. It might have been my favorite episode ever on, on the show. I really dug it. Uh, check out uh, Watching Movies. That's our uh, written reviews on WithoutYourHead.com by uh, my good friend and the headless critic of Without Your Head, Jason Mitten. So far, let's see, in April, he's got uh, assassin Assassinoth, a totally different movie. Uh, the Unthinkable Us. Uh, Us is a very, very polarizing movie. Some people love it, some people don't. I really liked it, but it is definitely a movie that gets people talking, which I think is is fantastic. A uh, pet graveyard, uh, pet cemetery, the new one. Uh, Artifact of a love. So he's got some um, got some shorts up here recently. The DVD, uh, the new Hellboy and the Curse of Irone. So uh, very cool. He's a good man, Jason Minton. Please give those a, a like. Uh, maybe leave some comments for him, uh, friend him on Facebook, follow him on the Twitter, and uh, share them with uh, all your friends and loved ones. All right, well, I had a good time here tonight. Uh, I love the the uh, great guest tonight. Uh, I love the music. It'll be sad to say goodbye to uh, Michael and Sophia, but but it's not forever. They will be back at some point. They make a lot of stuff. They actually made something with me, so. Uh, hopefully at some of these convention, uh, festivals, uh, you will see, uh, our short film out there. Uh, um, also, oh, by the way, go to without your I know you're listening to the, you, you know, some, if you want to listen to a live show, uh, sometimes I do some interviews during the week. And uh, so they pop up uh, on, on the website. So go there and subscribe in either iTunes or Google play, wherever your favorite place to get uh, podcasts is subscribe um, and rate and comment, please. Uh, just recently, this Saturday, we had a special live show and now it's up a podcast with the South Texas underground film festival of people and makeup artists too. So we have the, uh, the, the makeup artist guys back with, some, with some new additions. That was a lot of fun. Last week, uh, Brad Greenquist of Pet Cemetery was here. Uh, Lyric Lewis, that was a lot of fun, and Janet Barney. Uh, Janet Varney is stand against evil. Ly- Lyric's primarily a uh, comedian, but uh, it was a lot of fun to have her on the show. Uh, Antonio Pantoja, director of One Must Fall, that was a that was a lovely interview. It was fantastic. Tate Steinstick, like another great one from. Uh, he does a lot of uh, makeup. He designed the puppets for the new Puppet Master. Uh, Drew Bolduc, Bolduc of uh, Assassinat, director. Uh, so a lot of stuff up there. go there and check it out. Uh, oh, Candace Nachman was, was a great interview, as well as M- M.W. Daniels, House of Lexi. We just talked about all kinds of stuff. Really good times with these people. So uh, please check these out and uh, let me know what you think. You know, uh, I like, hey, I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. So I'd like to know uh, every once in a while what you thought of the show now it's not all about downloads not all about like who gets the most downloads okay but it's still interesting so i'm gonna let you guys know every week here i also post this on uh facebook but you know depends when i'm posting um the lat the top i'll do the top 13 just because you know it's unlucky 13 it's either that or do 666 and i I don't want to read the top 666 episodes of the podcast. It's going to take way too much of my time, and way too much of your time. So here's the top 13 of, I'm not sure of when. I guess of the last few days, last week, we'll see. Um, number 13, Antonio pento the director of One Must Fall. Number 12, The Man Who Killed Hitler, and then The Bigfoot. At number 11, The Cast of Derelicts. And at top 10, breaking the top 10 is the Lee Winnell interview popping back up there. It was, uh, that was uh, quite a while ago. That's pretty sweet. Um, and at nine, Scott Conroy, who, uh, the creator of blackout starring, uh, Rami Malek and at number eight, Barbie wild and Doug Bradley holding in strong here. The, uh, ever since that that's popped up, it's, uh, stayed in here heavy. Uh, and at six, seven, Janet Varney, who I just uh, mentioned in at six, popping up, uh, kind of out of the blue. It's a great interview, but it was uh, a year from last year, uh, getting a lot of downloads here. Yan Birch. Very cool. Very cool. Another older interview from last year, volumes of blood and hell is where the home is. Uh, excellent, uh, ex- excellent interviews. Good show. Check them out. In number four last week's show South or this, uh, special, um, Saturday show, South Texas Underground Film Festival and Makeup Artist part Two. Number three, Lyric Lewis. <laughs> Excuse me. Number two, the cast and the director of Terrifier. This is this has been one of our strongest episodes. It's it's like always top five ever since it happened. For like a year, it's getting uh, downloaded to be very cool. And the number one episode of the podcast in the last week is brad greenquist the pet cemetery very cool last week's live show so also if you want to check out more interviews with me check out inside your head that's my new podcast just uh, last week i talked to david hasselhoff now how cool is that my lord david hasselhoff pretty proud of myself I start patting myself on the back. Hell yeah. David Hasselhoff. But anyway, check that out. It was a great interview. It was very fun. It was really fun. It's not the longest interview. It's like 15 minutes, but uh, hell, it was a lot of fun. All right, so I'm going to get out of here. Uh, um, check out Without Your Head Facebook uh, for upcoming guests. There's a lot of people in the works. So I don't want to you know say for sure until uh, they're booked. All right, so until next time, this is Nasty Neil. Terrible Troy will be back here with me next week. A big thanks to The Tomb of the Cage for our amazing original theme song. And again, Sophia Cassiola and Michael Epstein, our music of the month. Guest tonight, Miguel Nunes of Return of the Living Dead on Friday the 13th, part five. Check out his new movie, Worth, right now on video on demand. And Penny Lane, the director of Hail Satan which is opening probably right now at a theater near you hopefully i think it's a, it's a limited release but go and see it all right i'm out of here good night everybody <laughs> 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 <laughs>